Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I remember one recruiting victory that you did get. It's Wes. I know you remember my quarterback, Paul Troth, and he and I came up there to East Carolina for a visit. And Walker. Vance High School, offensive lineman, big kid, eventually went to Florida. Do you remember Wes Bryant at Vance High there, Coach? Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. If Florida had come along and that young man told me he wanted to come to East Carolina, I probably wouldn't take him because I think he was not very bright. On a Wednesday, this is the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep those texts coming, 704-570-9610. Hit the social medias. Hit the follow button, folks. WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram. At West Bryan underscore 72. At Walker Mail and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. And most importantly, the Wesson Walker Show page on Twitter. Hit that follow button. Check out all the great content that we have for you on there. I checked my Instagram page for the first time in I don't know how many months. Wow, hell must be freezing over. Well, I checked it and I think I had 28 missed notifications. So really not as many as I thought. (laughs) But of course, a lot of them were by you by tagging me in whatever video that we would put out before we hopped on the show. Yeah. so I'll get to it sometime. Sometime. Still no uh, profile picture yet for you? Nope. You just got the picture with Hugo, man. There's no excuse. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know what? How about on this show? I actually changed my Instagram profile pic after doing it on Twitter for the first time in seven years. That would be great. Would I know be everybody is waiting at the edge of their seat. Don't worry, <laughs> folks. I'll give that to you in just a moment. All right. And now it's time to go to the campus corner. Listen, I was a big fan of the Hot Boys back in the day. Juvenile, BG, Lil Wayne, and Turk. And they used to say, you're playing the game raw. And that meant that you were doing some shady stuff. And over in the Big Ten, they are definitely playing the game raw. Okay. Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti went to Ann Arbor last week for the conference's field hockey tournament. Met with U of M President Santa Ono. And Petiti was reportedly pressured by the rest of the league's coaches and universities to take action against Michigan, more specifically against Jim Harbaugh. He went to Ann Arbor and asked Michigan to self-impose a suspension, a request that university higher-ups decline. And they said, one, Ono emailed the commissioner and asked that due process be followed and said, quote, the reputation and livelihoods of coaches, students, and programs cannot be sacrificed in a rush to judgment, no matter how many or how loudly people protest otherwise and said due process matters and then now there hasn't been any information that links harbaugh and other members of michigan staff to the sign stealing operations 
but they were apparently approached by a former staff member at a Big Ten school, and that person claims that he was part of a group of schools that worked together to decipher Michigan signs. A spreadsheet was later leaked to Yahoo, and it showed which of Michigan's plays corresponded to which hand signals. The former staffer said he had screenshots of text messages showing coaches discussing the operation. They said specifically Ohio State and Rutgers are accused of sending Michigan signs to Purdue before last year's Big Ten championship game. Definitely a bad look for opposing schools who seem to be so shocked and so outraged that Michigan would have their signs, but it's not clear if any rules were actually broken between Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue. They're talking about potential discipline for Harbaugh. Big Ten schools sending signs. That's why I said, to me, this is much ado about nothing because everybody does it, and it's amazing. Michigan's kicking everybody's butt, and so they're all conspiring to help each other take Michigan down from the perch they're currently on in the Big Ten. I agree with you in the fact that I just can't get up for this story like so many other people have. What I will say is that it does remind me a little bit of the Houston Astros scandal. Because it seems like people have a problem with Michigan because they crossed the line. Where everyone discusses how baseball teams will put a system in place to steal signs. But when you put an electronic device behind the jersey so no one can see, that's when you cross a line. And so, is it crossing a line to have a staffer on the sideline of Central Michigan sneaking in there somehow with what is reportedly... A pair of Google glasses to record the signs across the way to make sure that you were good to go when you played Michigan State. That seems like it crosses a little bit of a line because we can go back to on this very radio station on the Mac attack back in the day before it was Mac and Bone in 2020. Roger McDowell came on these airwaves and discussed how Tony La Russa put a sign stealing cause in place and it just is a little different when you have the electronic device. It's a little different when you have the Google glasses and Michigan is getting caught at the rate that they have. And when we talk about due process, when we talk about, hey, let's not make any judgments, man, Central Michigan could just come out and tell you who the guy that we all suspect is Connor Stallions is if it wasn't Connor Stallions. But Central Michigan, mom, Connor Stallions no longer on Michigan staff. So, okay. All right, this due process stuff, I'm not saying they don't need to investigate it because they certainly do, but come on, man. You got to think I'm crazy if I'm going to give Michigan the benefit of the doubt here. It's just all about how much do you think they should be disciplined. And kind of like you, Wes, it's hard for me to get all up in arms saying Michigan should be punished as much as everybody else is. All right, let's hear Bruce Feldman and his thoughts on what coaches around college football think about this violation by Michigan. Yeah, so uh, my colleague and I at the Athletic, Max Olson, we ended up doing an extensive coach survey this past week. We talked to 50 different coaches from every conference in, in major college football to really get a sense of what they believe. And overwhelmingly feel like Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, if these a- actions are as they purport to be, need to get punished for this. They felt it was very serious. Some, when we asked them, you know, how big of an advantage, some said they thought it was worth, you know, three a three-touchdown difference to have not just run and pass, but know the exact plays that are coming. You know, we asked on a scale of one to ten, in the in the lexicon of college football cheating, just how egregious is this? 
and it came in largely around a seven or an eight. Let's play disciplinarian here. If there are consequences to come down, what do you think it should be? Finding Jim Harbaugh. I don't want the players to get through this because it's the coach leading the charge. Okay? So, yeah, we can say that the players are a part of the system, but it's the head coach making this decision to send Connor Stallions and to steal the signs the way that they are. And so I don't want Michigan to miss out on the playoff or bowl games because of the decision made by the head coach. And Jim Harbaugh has a lot of money. There's a reason that these guys get paid as much as they do at the big-time universities. And so if you find him and then you want to find the staff, whatever, whoever is in charge, whatever you find in the investigation, okay. I do have a little problem with deciding to hit the players where it hurts, having them lose eligibility because they only have a finite window in order to play college football. And if it's not them putting the system in place, it's not them, you know, hitting the elbow of old Stallions or Jim Harbaugh. Hey, man, Michigan State's playing Central Michigan this weekend. Should we send somebody there with Google Glasses? It's not the players saying that. If Jim Harbaugh is the mastermind behind all of this, or if he is allowing it because of somebody else being the mastermind on his staff, then I hope that it's Jim Harbaugh that is the one that is disciplined. Because I can understand why coaches are frustrated. It does seem like a line is crossed. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that this is okay, they, they probably do need to stop this because then it's going to be the wild, wild west and old sign stealing, right? You can't have that. I think there needs to be some attempt to not allow people on the opposite side, but it's hopefully it's towards Jim Harbaugh rather than banning them from getting to the playoff. I mean, if they did suspend Harbaugh for a game, if there had to be some type of punishment, a suspension and a fine for a game, I mean, I could live with that, even though I think that would be crazy, especially with them playing Penn State this weekend. But if they had to do something, I would I would guess I could live with something like that. Uh, you're saying, but you're you're saying just nothing. Like you're saying, just let it roll. Because now I start to feel like it's a wash. Because now you're getting teams coming saying, well. Teams were taking Michigan signs and people were funneling stuff to Purdue. And it seems like now it's opening a full Pandora's box of all these teams that are doing the exact same thing. And so that's why I'm just like, okay, if you're going to punish Michigan, then you're going to need to go punish the other schools that were sending things and doing this, that, and the third. And so that's my whole thing. It's like everybody's trying to put this on Michigan as if they're the only team that is doing this. And so I guess if you want to send a message, if you want to make an example out of somebody, then... If that's what you're trying to do, then maybe the punishment should be more severe. Maybe it should be a few games. If you're going to try to really send a message and to try to get this to stop, I still don't think that it will. But, yeah, that's that's what I think. Well, it's all about not allowing people to infiltrate sidelines the way that they did. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's all about the line, which I know it gets weird. I usually hate unwritten rules mm-hmm. i do because especially they're they're particularly egregious in baseball and we've had that conversation on sports radio a million times but at some point it gets so obvious when you have electronic devices tipping the batter on what pitch is coming at that moment yeah you're going to knock that thing out of the park at a higher rate than you did if you didn't have the device you are going to know what play is coming if you were able to record it by watching them play an opponent that close up and personal. So it, it gets to a point where it's so egregious that something probably has to happen. All right, so really quick, going down to Columbia, it took 399 passing yards and two touchdowns from Spencer Rattler to beat Jacksonville State, a team that they were tied with coming out of the third quarter. Man, it is looking rough down there at williams Bryce Stadium. And 
with them struggling against Jacksonville State. Should South Carolina fans be worried that Vanderbilt could come in and uh, give them an L? I think so. I don't think you feel comfortable about South Carolina football at all right now. And it doesn't mean that South Carolina or Spencer Rattler is this terrible QB. And even with Shane Beamer, man, he did some good things last year. You ended on a positive note. That's impressive. Even if it wasn't great before you had those monster wins against Tennessee and Clemson, there still are some things to like about Shane Beamer. Plus, everybody points to what he's bringing in. People point to the recruiting process. But, yeah, I'm not saying that you can feel comfortable right now with the way they're playing football, that they're just going to walk over any opponent, especially if it's a close call like they had against Jacksonville State. Yeah, I mean, when you look at these teams in the SEC statistics, they're 12th and 13th in scoring offense in the SEC. That should be quite an interesting matchup, and I would love to see what the perception will be of Coach Beamer if they aren't able to take out Vanderbilt. And when we come back on the West and Walker Show, what is the national perception of the Carolina Panthers right now? We're going to have some great sound and break it all down right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. man i want him to so badly I, like that. I would love it if bryce young was just throwing it all over the yard and we had a bunch of weapons he was throwing to and the offensive line was blocking for him so he could trust everybody that's what would be great about the panthers but right now i i think uh i think they're far from armed and dangerous as an yeah, offense yeah no doubt man <laughs> and, and just real quick I, I still remember the very first time i heard this song in the car with my mom and i remember when i heard biggie's first four bars that he was rapping like bone. I got chills. Like, yeah. That's how much I love this stuff. And I just remember when I heard him just spitting that bone flow and I was just like, Oh my God, this no. guy's just unbelievable. So if, if you were to ask high school Walker male, you have to give me one song that is your favorite of all time. What is it? It would be that one. And this is the thing we've talked about this going back, learning up on the history of whatever music genre that you were learning up on. And so that was what was happening with me and hip hop going back, even though it came out, like when did that come out? 90, whatever. And so we're talking about me being in 2009, 2008. And I'm like, yeah, that's my favorite song of all time because hearing that exact same experience. Oh yeah. That was, that was nuts. So besides Biggie real quick, who did you think had the best verse on there? Out of the bone. Um, I think Busy got busy. 
But at 7 a.m., I'm walking, I'm on what, and he got me in it. Woo! <laughs> 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 yeah, all right, all right, all that right. Was it. That was it. Um, let's go to the text line, because I wanted to go back and bring up the conversation we had at the beginning. It was a fun conversation. We were referencing an old Willie P. tweet. That tweet said he wished that you could bottle up Thanksgiving as a smell, use it as a fragrance, fragrance so that it would smell, the kitchen would smell like that all year long. Fitty liked that idea. You liked that idea. So then that brought me to the idea of remember when KFC introduced a fire log that, of course, smelled like fried chicken and the fast food franchise. Yeah. So, that, so then people started to send in what candle they would make if they had that ability. Of any food, any fast food franchise. I want to go back because we got a lot of great an- answers that I, we didn't read earlier. So this one's for you, Wes. Okay. 704 wrote in, can we get an O'Charlie's candle? <laughs> Since all of their locations are going out of business. O'Charlie roll candle? Yeah, that would be great. And a chicken tender candle. Okay. The, the, the rolls, <laughs> it's hilarious. If you were to walk into somebody's house and they had oh Charlie's candles lit all across, uh-huh. but if the if it's the rolls, then yeah, I might sit around and hang out for a little bit. When my son and I went there for God's night last week, that was the sole reason because I always try to offer up different options for where we can go, mm-hmm. and he was just telling me how all day he had been thinking about the rolls. Coffee candle is a good one. I, I'm sure they make that somewhere. JW from Denver had a great answer. I want a county food fair candle. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Walker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little disturbing, even for me, even if it's my own voice. Moose said Krispy Kreme. You brought that one up, Fitty. 704 Cold Stone Creamery Candle. I mean, you know what it is for me. Cold Stone, yes. All the ice cream. You're talking to somebody that just downed a pint of Ben & Jerry's last night. This time it was fish food, by the way. Mixing it up a little bit. Are you a big candle guy? I've noticed in the last few years I've become a big candle guy, especially in the winter. It just makes the house more cold. I'm never buying them, but when my girlfriend buys them, I enjoy them when she lights the candles. Yeah, I buy them. You can definitely catch me in Walmart or, uh, I guess, Bed Bath & Beyond, one of those two, uh, just standing there smelling them because mm-hmm. that's the thing. There's so many. You got to stand there and just smell them all. Fiddy is nodding his head aggressively. I mean, yeah. almost to the point where I'm worried about his neck suffering whiplash a little bit. You're a big Yankee Candle type of guy. I know you said... Oh, those are pricey. Oh, no, I, I can't I, afford that. I'm more of yeah, a, you know, you know a, a Bath & Body Works. I will give my mom all money. And just tell her to surprise me with with, with, with whatever <laughs> candle she likes the best. I just need them. Um, I am really surprised that Wes and Walker, that's the show that loves all the candle talk. Yeah, Here man. we are. You know what? I like candle. Ooh, it's really nice. It it's makes relaxing. the house so cozy when you come in the house in the <laughs> wintertime and it's 20, 30 degrees outside and you got a candle burning, smelling good in the house. Man, you can't beat it. You could say it's a lit conversation. Lit you could say it's a lit conversation. I like Panther Bow's reference. Auntie Annie's pretzels candle. Oh, yeah. My favorite go-to snack. If I'm in the mall and I cross one, I'm getting either a cinnamon pretzel or if I want something a little more savory, I'm getting the pizza pretzel. That's good, too. And I'm getting the lemonade. It is. Uh, yeah, that's becoming a problem for me when I go to the mall now is turning down that because especially the pretzel bites. It's just something you can walk around the mall. But my last two trips to the mall, you can see old Wes Bryant walking around with a cup. Me and Bryce split a cup 
of uh, pretzel bites, and then I got a cinnamon sugar candle the last time I went by myself. It sounds phenomenal. Yeah, yeah good for you guys. Uh, last couple of references here. JJ, the cookout candle. I, I like cookout. I don't know if I want a candle, to be honest with you. How about, am I seeing Shell? Like the gas station? Is that what I'm reading here from 410? Oh, yeah. well, gas is an underrated good smell. I'm not going to lie. I feel the same there are people way. that think that. I do too. I don't want my house smelling like no, that. No, because you're going to be worried like gasoline something. or the gas from your ass. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk Sports Guy wins with that one because we got to move on. Yeah. You're welcome. That gets us going to the Carolina Panthers combo. You can still te- text in on that 704 570 9610. Did you have something else? Well, Papa Fitty just took all of our man's cards, so okay. we might just have to tell him to uh, go scratch yourself. Papa Fitty, you can tap into that side every now and again. You don't have to be hard, body. I know he looks like Stone Cold no. Steve Austin, but you don't have to be <laughs> hardcore all the time. Nah, man. My man is not relaxing, taking the gold chain off and smelling nah. whatever Yankee candle that is purchased. smell like a Harley Davidson exhaust. <laughs> he likes that. What, you know, Papa, Papa Fitty, when we start talking, now gas, that's a real smell. Yeah. <laughs> now y'all can talk about it. Uh. Papa Fitty, I don't want no smoke, man. The only smoke I want is from the candle talk, and I can't even have it anymore because you want us to move on. Let's discuss the Carolina Panther combo a little bit more with what the driving force is for David Tepper's decision-making. Because I have to imagine that David Tepper, someone that cares about this franchise, even if we don't think he's handling it the right way, he can't like the national conversation, whether it be Adam Schefter discussing the Panthers on Pat McAfee or this soundbite from First Take's very own Stephen A. Smith asking, is it the right decision they made selecting Bryce Young number one overall? The fact that Stroud is a rookie throwing for nearly 500 yards, mm-hmm. five Drafted touchdowns, in the first round. Not, a single, not a single interception. I mean, it, 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 cause Drafted I, love, in the first I round. love Bryce Young, but it got me looking at Carolina like, damn, you messed up. You messed up. You messed up. A lot of it was running the football, yes. too. Key runs. In a quarterback-driven league. I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> but I'm just telling you. I'm looking at Stroud flinging this football, and I'm yeah. like, damn, this brother is special. <laughs> There's nobody that can deliver a take like Stephen A. Smith. Now, the content of the take is what we're going to dissect here. Wes, do you feel what Stephen A. Smith is saying? Woo! Uh, no, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say I feel like the Panthers messed up and, and, and made the wrong decision. But, whoo, you talk about perception the eye test, everything about it. It, it, it. it definitely is an indictment on the NFL draft because we know we talked about all CJ's test scores and this, that, and the third, and everybody tried to say, only I had one good game and he ain't good against pressure, wasn't good against Michigan. None of that matters now. And he is looking like one of the next stud quarterbacks to enter the league. And we know that the workouts were good in the pre-draft process. So it would have been interesting just to see what were the determining factors. But there's no way you can know. That's the thing about this is that everybody gets hindsight 2020. And, of course, you've got guys. I heard Lewis Riddick this morning saying that he felt Stroud should have been a top guy. He was worthy. No question about it. It was just that. And I just feel like Bryce's size was the number one thing that people are going to point to. Because, as, as I said, if all things were equal, he was the same size as C.J. Stroud. It wouldn't even have been a competition with the career that Bryce Young had at Alabama, doing it with two different sets of receivers, one star-studded, one not, winning a Heisman, just all the things that he did, I don't feel I don't feel like it would have been close 
if people didn't have the very tangible uh, asset of size to be able to go to with Bryce Young. But I still feel like that the Panthers made the right decision. It just so happens that they got a guy at number two that is just ripping the league up right now. And he's fallen into the right situation and things have come together for him. But that's not to say that the same can't happen for Bryce. It's just going to take a little bit longer than we expect. Yeah, I'm hoping that it happens for Bryce Young, too. And we haven't seen him besides Indianapolis. I mean, have we seen him just play downright awful football against Atlanta? That wasn't a great game. The debut against the Colts. That was his worst game. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Other than that, I think we've looked at everything around him as to why he hasn't been able to perform all that well. And against Houston, the win we did think Bryce Young was starting to play some good football. So what is Tepper supposed to do to improve the team? Because a lot of this goes all the way up to David Tepper. Once you start the blame game, eventually it stops. And the only way to stop is that David Tepper, because he's the one that hired Scott Fitterer. And then Scott Fitterer and Tepper are the ones that hired Frank Reich. And so it's all about how far up the tree you want to roll. It's tough for me with David because if you, I don't know why I just called him first name, but it's tough to me, me and Dave, me and old DT, but with with David Tepper, I like that he spent all the money to go get the coaches. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if I want my owner to make the best decisions possible, part of this is just the vetting process, the interview process. Okay. What made it? to where you didn't like the way Shane Steichen you know, answered your questions in that interview. Because that was reported, that apparently the interview process didn't go well with the Colts head coach that just destroyed you in this last game. You know, what, what was the reason as to why you hired Scott Fitterer in the first place? I, that, that can certainly, we, we can criticize David Tepper, but I like him spending all the money on these coaches. Even, even in hindsight, man, Everybody was discussing that this was an all-star cast. It, I don't know if I can. Cri- uh, I don't know if I can criticize David Tepper for spending all this money to go get Jim Caldwell. That's a smart offensive mind. It, he is going to go get a Jero Averro. Thank God, right? Like a Jero Averro is supposed to go somewhere else, but because David Tepper is as rich as anybody outside of the Denver owner, he was able to land him. He wasn't going to go to Minnesota, and then they have to pivot and go get Brian Flores. But I like that decision. And so I like that he's actually spending his money to really put it towards an advantage where you can spend all the money. You you can't as far as personnel because it's a hard cap. But you can in coaching salary, and he went out and got him. So that was the smart decision. Really, the problem with Tepper is hire the coaches, spend all the money. We love that. But once you start to drive the quarterback decision at number one overall how many decisions are you driving and you're not letting scott fitterer do his job as much then that's where we start to have the criticism for david tepper a guy that's owned a team that hasn't won since he's taken over yeah i think the biggest thing that he can do is to just remain patient i think that's the biggest thing don't try to go out and do anything drastic and i think that the trade deadline was some of the first evidence of this because a lot of people felt like, oh, they need to go get this and they need to go get that and spend more draft capital. And it's like, no, you don't need to do that. It's going to be a process. And no, this isn't Philadelphia or any of those places. But I think right now the biggest thing that he can do is just remain patient. It's going to be hard to sit back and listen to harsh criticisms of your team. It's going to be hard to sit back and look at a guy that you had an opportunity to draft look like 
the next top 10, 12 quarterback uh, in this league as a rookie. It's going to be extremely difficult to do that, but he just has to, especially if they really believe in Bryce the way they say that they do, you just have to remain patient, keep building around him. It may take a year. It may take two years to be able to get this thing fully to where you want it to be, but that's what stable organizations do. They have patience. We talked about the Steelers. How many years with Mike Tomlin, if they didn't start right or didn't have the type of season they wanted, did they say, oh, man, let's, let's uh, you know, get rid of this guy? No, they in Pittsburgh, they remain patient. In San Francisco, they give guys time. And, and a lot of the more pedigree franchises, they don't panic. They don't make panic moves. And so I think for the Panthers at this point, that's the biggest thing that he could do to help this team is not to panic, let guys do what they do, and uh, let this thing come together naturally. What I'm worried about is if they decide, if David Tepper decides to move on from Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich, or both of them, are the candidates that are qualified to take this job, are the candidates that are best suited to take this job, are they going to want this job? Because that's a problem we've run into as well. D'Amico Ryan said, no, I'm good. I'd rather go to Houston. (laughs) A team that had just had a bunch of dysfunction at the top when you talk about hiring and firing coaches. A team that had two one-and-dones in a row. Now, it would be unfair to not bring up the context that D'Amico Ryans played with the Texans organization, was drafted, and was a very good football player for them. But the fact that he didn't even want to take a chance with Carolina, unfortunate there. Ben Johnson. Everybody wanted Ben Johnson. I wonder if he would have been the head coach. Had he just gone with, I think, a a second interview? I think he turned down the first. I I don't know how far in the process they were. But I know it was close, at least to whatever interview was scheduled. I think it might have been the day before Ben Johnson said, you know what, I'm going back to Detroit. But we know that these offensive coordinators, a lot of them have to hop on the opportunity immediately because a year can change everything in the NFL. Just ask Joe Brady who had a million interviews, his first OC season with Carolina, and then the second has to settle for like some QB controlled coach assistant to the assistant. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't there anymore for him. That guy was getting head coaching interviews all across the landscape. And then he had to settle for something in Buffalo that was, what, three, four, five steps down? And Ben Johnson said, now I'm going to go back to Detroit, not hop on this opportunity, because I don't know how desirable Carolina's job is. I, you have Bryce Young. Bryce Young is a quarterback that I still have a lot of hopes for going forward. I think we've seen good things from him. He doesn't look like an outright bust to me. I, I don't. I don't see Zach Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not that. One hundred percent. It's not even even with David Carr, who was tackled a million times and sacked more than anybody as a rookie QB. I don't see David Carr in Bryce Young. I don't see that level of a bust. And so. How desirable is this job? I, I don't think you look at the personnel and the offensive line's terrible, the, the wide receivers aren't great. I, I get it. Scott Fitterer seems like a really respected guy in the league. That's all we hear. Joe Person said it on these airwaves, what, earlier this week? Maybe it was Monday. So why is this job not desirable? Why have we had multiple instances where guys are like, no, nah, I'm good? I can't help but look at the owner. And so if there is somebody that is most qualified to take that job, Wes, I'm not going to be confident that they're going to take it because they don't want it. 
And that's when your franchise is in a bad spot. Yeah, and I think, too, at the end of the day, it is an NFL job, an NFL check. So most guys that you go after are going to be interested. But not the most qualified, as we've seen a couple times. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you have had guys that have turned it down, and I think that is an indictment on David Tepper. Like you said, this is not a place that it looks like from the outside that people want to come and work, and that's going to have to change as well. And that's part of the dysfunction here, too, is that – Guys, when you have candidates looking for their first opportunity, and as you said with the Texans, ownership there is not on the up and up either. When no, you look it's not. at how quickly they got rid of some of their last couple of head coaches, and so for him to choose that over Carolina, it, it does make you wonder. We got some breaking news. Fitty, we haven't gone to a Fitty flash today. Did you want to bring it up, playing some Alan Jackson? Any of the intros? Let's do it. Fitty, what's your flash? Fitty. I didn't know if I should hit the news sounder because it's not really it's not really good news. Um, you got it. We saw it on the text line. I sent you guys the article to our three uh, our, our three kings uh, chat. But uh, the Hornets are back in the news and not for a good thing as Lamelo Ball and his family are being sued for two hundred million dollars. A federal lawsuit filed Tuesday in California accuses the point guard, his family business, and Puma of fraud. Um, The lawsuit was filed on behalf of his former friend and business advisor, Alan Foster. It also includes claims of trademark infringement, unfair business practices, and then the biggest word in there was, once again, fraud. So, Walker, did you... As someone that covers the team day in, day out, did did you know that this was maybe on the horizon, or are you kind of caught off guard by this lawsuit? And I'm not. I don't think I'm caught off guard. I can't tell you. Oh yeah, I predicted that this was going to happen. But we know that there have been business troubles. That with, wasn't a bold prediction on Locked On. No, it was not a bold prediction on Locked On. I didn't land that one. But we know that there have been business problems with Lavar and Lonzo, with Lavar and Lamelo, and now here we have. I believe Alan Foster yeah. is his name, and so. So it's not like I'm caught off guard with this because we've had these problems before. It happened in what, like 2017 when Labar tried to launch Big Baller brand and it's been nothing but problem behind the scenes over and over and over again. So no, I'm not surprised to see this. Yeah, and as I've said, I used to watch their reality show on Facebook and I remember Alan uh, vividly and I know that they had issues once they split apart and they talked about how it dates back to the 2019 split between Lonzo and Foster and Lonzo sued Foster for $2 million after he learned that he had served prison time in 2002 for money laundering. So they've been having issues with him for a while. And uh, this is going to be fascinating to see how it plays out, if his claims are true. And it's just another hit for the Hornets, man. Hits keep on coming. I can't wait till we can talk about a winning product with them. <laughs> if ever, we can talk about a winning product, and that's about it. Time now to go to Wes's ACC QB Power Rankings. How big of a shakeup, if at all, will we see? It's coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. For Wes's ACC QB Power Rankings on Wes and Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. I did want to remind you folks, though, don't miss out on a triple header of exciting college basketball action on November 10th at Spectrum Center. The event kicks off with a first time matchup featuring hometown favorite Charlotte 49ers and Liberty, followed by a pair of ACC and SEC bouts as Virginia plays Florida and Virginia Tech takes on South Carolina. One ticket will get you in for all three games. Yes, that's three college basketball games for the price of one. And tickets for the Hall of Fame series Charlotte are available at Ticketmaster.com. And we're going to give you a chance right now to win all day as each show will be giving away tickets. We're doing it here on the Wesson Walker Show. If you text in Niners, N-I-N-E-R-S, if you text in Niners to 704-570-9610, you will be registered to win tickets. Once more, I'll say it again, and then we got to get to the power rankings. Text in Niners to 704-570-9610, and you will be registered to win tickets to the triple header November 10th at Spectrum Center. Time now to count down on Wes Bryant's ACC QB power rankings list. Okay, number five, Wes, who do we have leading us off? As always, folks, you can find us on the ACC Digital Network on our platforms on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that good stuff at the ACC Digital Network. Starting off, man, holding on by a thread, but... He still got good enough superlatives to be able to stay in this five. Jack Plummer out of Louisville. He's not been putting up the gaudy stats he was at the beginning of the season. But he still leads the ACC in passing yards per completion. He had 141 passing yards and a touchdown and their win over Virginia Tech. Number four after Jack Plummer, who you got? Number four, still holding it down, Thomas Castellanos. He had 252 total yards, two TDR, and then went over Syracuse. He's the first Boston College starting quarterback to guide the Eagles on a five-game winning streak since Chase Reddick back in 2010. Okay, so he was four last week, right? And Jack Plummer, was he five last week? Yes, not much changed this week. Okay. Some new facts and figures about these guys. Okay, so no change at five or four. What are we getting at number three? Number three is the king. You can do the crown uh, gesture if you like. He had 291 total yards. He had three total touchdowns versus Virginia. He's one of only two players in college football with 2,300 passing yards, 20 touchdown passes, 500 rushing yards, and five touchdown runs this season, man. He's putting up gaudy numbers. If if they had a better record, he'd probably be higher. Yeah, Haynes King third in the ACC in passing Behind the next two QBs, I have to imagine, are on this list. Mm-hmm. Number two, Wes Bryant, what is he? Number two, Drake May, 244 passing yards, four touchdowns versus Campbell on Saturday. He recorded his 11th game with at least three passing touchdowns without an interception. Drake May's been balling 
We'll see if North Carolina can win against Duke and that defense this weekend. And last but not least, number one overall, who you got, Wes? Uh, I think Saturday pretty much locked up the ACC player of the year for this guy. Uh, You talk about not having your two starting receivers and you still go out and throw for 360 passing yards and four total touchdowns versus the Pitt Panthers on the road. He's the only player and one of four players in all of college football with 19 passing touchdowns and seven rushing scores. I saw David Hale put out a tweet, ESPN college football writer, ACC writer, and he and Andrea Adelson are a power duo in college football writing. Here's the tweet. Who's your Heisman pick? And he gave a blind resume. I know we like blind resumes in the failed segment that we did all that time ago, (laughs) but it was still fun at least trying it out. So QBA has an 84.4 total QBR, 27 touchdowns, eight turnovers. QBB has just a couple points below on the QBR, 26 touchdowns compared to the 27 for the previous QB, but six less turnovers, only two, only two turnovers. Five games versus top 50 defenses for this guy compared to QBA, two games versus top 50 defenses. The comparable QBs are Michael Penix and Jordan Travis. And I think most of the people looking at this blind resume would pick Jordan Travis. The reason you might go with Penix is despite him having a great year, this is not to destroy his season. But if you're looking at just how good Jordan Travis has been, I think the knock against him is that he hasn't played that great of the competition like Penix has going against the Pac-12. But you got to remember, it's not like they're going up against the offenses. Bo Nix isn't throwing the ball against Michael Penix and vice versa out there. It's about the defense. And Jordan Travis has played five games versus top 50 defense and defenses. And Michael Penix has gone up against two top 50 defenses. What does all that mean to you when considering Jordan Travis possibly winning this whole thing? Uh, It means to me, I'm not sure that he will win this thing, but I think that he definitely deserves a trip to New York in serious consideration, especially if they're able to get through uh, the rest of their schedule and win an ACC championship and be undefeated heading into the college football playoffs. Uh, I certainly think so because I don't think that Washington's going to get out of the rest of their schedule alive. I think a loss is going to come at some point, whether it be in the Pac-12 championship or uh, in one of these remaining games that they have left. Uh, the LSU win has been strengthened in the last month or so as they look like a formidable squad as well. But uh, Travis, he's just really coming to his own FSU's winning streak that they've got going. There's a lot in his favor. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people may be sleeping on that. And that was the need for the blind resume so people could kind of wake up and see. Yeah, I mean, Penix has an interception in his last four games, five in his last six, seven total, as we mentioned. Fiddy, I'll go to you before we move on, because I know you're a big Michael Penix fan, as I called him back in the day. We have a promo running or a rejoined running of that. But Michael Penix, Jordan Travis, is it fair to put those guys at 1A, 1B, vice versa? I think so, because I do think the brand that Florida State's going to play a role in this. If, if, if Florida State runs the table and they're undefeated, they're 13-0 and or whatever, it's going to be really hard to leave the quarterback of, of, of the Knowles out of the Heisman Trophy conversation. And especially with the numbers he's put up, we don't know how healthy that wide receiver room is going to be moving forward. If he continues to produce, it's going to make his claim, but... If 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 Penix beats 
um, Utah this week and puts a, together another great performance. Like he showed up against Oregon, showed up against USC. Like how many more Heisman moments does he have to have to really lock down the award? And Utah would be the one because we saw the Heisman winner last year not be able to beat Utah. And if he does, if if he does and has a couple more moments like that, then that would be hard to say, wait, how did Caleb win it? Even though Caleb is sick, I'm not trying to take his Heisman away from last year. But Utah's had his number, and if Michael Penix beats Utah, it feels a little like Jordan Travis, Michael Penix, and Pac-12 ACC, Caleb Williams, Drake May, guys that have just suffered too many losses this year but are mm-hmm. clearly insane QBs, and the other guys are going to be the one in New York City. Really quick, I was wanting to get your guys' thoughts on this. What did y'all think of all the negative reaction that Caleb Williams got because he was in the stands crying after they lost uh, to Washington over the weekend? Well, you know that... We talk about it all the time. Social media, everybody's going to have something to say. But I do think it speaks to how much he really does care, how upset that he was. We've seen him now cry after two losses. We saw him cry last season after they lost to Utah. We saw him cry on Saturday. And I just think it shows how much he cares in an era where people uh, question athletes' motives all the time, whether it be money or different things like that. I think we saw a young man that was really distraught at what's happened to his team this season. And, uh, you know, you like to see it. That was a sign that brought me back around on him with all of the different things you hear uh, with him. I think that kind of show, yeah, man, this guy's a competitor and he really hates to lose. What does Papa Fitty think about his crying after that loss? Do you think it's okay for Caleb Williams to say, I'm going to go home, cuddle with my dog, watch some shows and maybe light a nice candle? I'm not going to speak for him. He probably wouldn't be the, the biggest fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all know I'm a big fan of the K show in New York. They ripped him. Like they didn't understand it, and I, I was just I was kind of taken aback by it. I'm like, don't you want that from your quarterback? Like it losing meant that much to him, and also maybe the Canberra people just maybe not show a college kid crying for. Oh, that's oh, yeah, money. That's money in the bank. You know, yeah. <laughs> on my Twitter timeline Saturday night, that was like six consecutive tweets. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. 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 It makes sense. They're definitely going to put that on social media. That'll do it for the ACC QB Power Rankings. Time now to go to the live wire on the other side of the break. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.